Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Building Code. Zach Witovich. Charlie Burtwistle. There we go. Enunciating well today. Yeah. One of these days, I would like to switch up. Uh, oh, you want to go first? No, I just want to say Zach Witovich. You, you want to say, say Zach Witovich, <laughs> yeah. Charlie Burtwistle? There's no way we get that right. Yeah. I well, would screw it up. If you're listening to this one, make sure to listen to the next episode because we will be trying that. <laughs> but today is... Watch the episode for the intro, everybody. Yeah, you should. <laughs> No, 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 no. Not today, at least, because we have two very, very exciting guests, uh, people that I'm excited to meet. But Zach, you've actually been working with for a while. So maybe give our listeners a quick overview of who we got on today. Yeah. So today we've got two esteemed members of Cider Builders, Jimmy and David. So I, I met them through one of our account executives. They have a very tight relationship with Ben Gantz. And, and one day they reached out. We're looking for you know someone else to talk to in customer success. And I was like, yeah, let's sit down and chat. So I meet with them pretty regularly. We talk about things that you know we're working on. They give me a lot of ideas, stuff we want to try. And it's been a really great relationship and partnership. And I just kind of threw out there like, yeah, one of the things we can do is have you come on the podcast. When yeah. you hear these guys talk about their business and their the, their beliefs and the way they do things, you just can't help but feel this like amazing warmth is how I would yeah. describe it. A little, you know, it's just like passion. And it's just incredible. So like, best part of the podcast we've talked about this a lot absolutely meeting great people doing a great service for their communities and like really having this purpose so yeah you're you're gonna get buckle up buddy <laughs> okay well i'm excited yeah you too people of the of the builder tread nation <laughs> <laughs> all right zach let's get him in here all right jimmy and david welcome to the building code thank you so much for being here today yeah, man. What's up? Yeah, What's going on? Hey, to be here. Long time no see. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How you been? Sorry, I moved our meeting this week. Uh, had a little, little. We're doing a little interviewing internally, and had forty three interviews I had to conduct. And we meet on a kind of semi regular basis, Charlie. Yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was kind of a deadbeat to him. So thank you for being flexible. You two, always the best. And that that is uh, that is our life uh, is, <laughs> is actually to to be flexible. Because, oh, good noted. Yeah, when you're yeah in in the construction world, uh, working with flexible schedules, you have to be malleable, and uh, and so it, it actually worked out really really well for us. And and so uh, Tuesdays are normally David and I's uh, executive meeting days. Uh, so we get to, we get to spend we got to spend a little extra time together. So Love it. it was really really good. Awesome. But, but man, we we miss we miss talking to you and hanging out with you for sure, man. <laughs> Well, I have, uh, Zach has told me about you guys before, and I know we recently did a case study with you as well. So I'm, I'm kind of familiar, um, but for our listeners out there, this is your first time on the podcast. Uh, so could you both maybe tell us just a little bit about yourselves uh, and the, the classic question of how did you get started in construction? Yeah, man. Go, go ahead, David. Yeah, man. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm married, have three kids, you know, doing the typical life thing. But um, but yeah, if I'm if I'm rewinding and going backwards, you know, I knew at an early age that I like to do things with my hands. I love the sense of accomplishment. I wanted to see things go from nothing to something and know that I had something to do with that. Right. Mm. Um, as most men probably do. But <clears throat> I remember uh, having a high school buddy. And his dad was a was a framer and a general contractor, so he built the whole home. But he actually framed his own homes. And I remember begging that guy, like, "Can I have a job?" And and he would say, "No, man, I don't think so. You know, you're too young." And I was in high school at the time. And anyway, I, I fast forward a little bit. I bugged him enough that he finally said, "Yeah, c come to work. Do you have a hammer?" And I said, "Man, I've, yeah, I've got a hammer." And so I 
I, uh, I went home and he said, bring it tomorrow. But I went home and I, I dug around in my mom's kitchen drawer and I found a kitchen hammer. Right. <laughs> and uh, and I actually took that to to the job site the next day. And, and the guys are looking at me like, dude, that that's not going to work. Um, and so fortunately, that guy, he poured into me and he gave me a, a tool bag and he gave me a hammer and and I started framing uh, right out of high school, really. Um, and I framed all through college, um, uh, got a, a bachelor's degree in business with an emphasis in marketing and management. Um, by the time I got done with school, I had applied to just about every production home builder in the state of Texas because I wanted to build homes. Uh, just didn't want to do it with my hands anymore. I wanted to do it, you know, uh, with my head. And so I was fortunate enough to get a, a job here in Tyler with a production home builder and and uh, and and actually got a job as a warranty manager. And for those of you guys who don't know, you know what a warranty manager is. You're literally going in after the house is complete and dealing with problems. <laughs> um, and man, what a what a great way to, to to learn because I knew about putting sticks and bricks together, but I didn't really know about all the things that happened really after the home was complete and done. And so I had homeowners that would literally just berate me and go, why would you build a house this way? And I'm going, I didn't, but I know that I'm not going to do it that way whenever <laughs> I do have the opportunity. Right. Yeah. Um, and so fortunately I was able to do that right up until, you know, the, the real estate crash or the, or the housing bubble, um, in 2009 for us here. Um, and, and shortly thereafter went to work for another company, but on the side started building duplexes in the medical district here in, here in Tyler. And so, Jimmy and I's paths crossed there, but, you know, we eventually went from uh, multifamily to single family to, you know, full scale development and then building uh, multiple homes a year on on our own lots. So that's mm -hmm. that's kind of that kind of catches you up to date on in terms of where we are now. But uh, Jimmy. Yeah. Yeah. So I um, I grew up in a, in a small town just about an hour south of Dallas at uh, Corsicana, Texas is where I'm originally from. And. And, uh, and I knew that, man, I, I didn't, I didn't want to stay in Corsicana. Um, I wanted to, wanted to go and be somewhere else. And, uh, and I actually met my wife there and, and both of us moved to, uh, moved to Tyler and, uh, around 2004, 2005, uh, and went to, uh, UT Tyler and I got an industrial management degree there and, and really kind of how my, how my story when construction started was, uh, was I knew that, like my last year of college, I needed to have a job. And, uh, and so I started looking for, looking for a, a, a job because my, my family had always been entrepreneurs. Uh, and so I grew up in, in rural central Texas and, and I worked out on our family's ranch and, and I knew that I didn't want to do that. Um, even though it's beautiful out there and, and I love the outdoors, it was, uh, it was a lot of, a lot of hard work and, um, and, and I wanted to, I knew that I wanted to do something with my hands. And so my, my dad, uh, told me that, uh, that, you know, I needed to find a niche. I needed to find something that was different about, um, about me, um, and something that was sustainable that was w within my God given skills and abilities to, to do. And, and so I'd watch my dad run a business. I'd watch my grandfather run a business and, and um and he told me that 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 there were there were actually um uh, there was new licensing requirements for electricians and so they had the they went from going from getting municipal licenses to actually getting state licenses and and then that was actually reducing the amount of uh skilled trades people that were like david and i's age 
And so I said, I'm going to go do that. And, uh, and so I, I did, uh, and I started out digging a ditch and, uh, and I ended up working for this, uh, this old hippie electrician, long haired, you know, smoking, cussing, you know, hippie electrician guy. And, um, and what I ended up finding out is that, is that, that, that guy showed me everything and he gave me everything that was within him, um, and, and, and taught me the electrical trade. Uh, and, and so, and so I, I grew in my, in my abilities and, and eventually surpassed him, uh, doing commercial electrical work and did some project management work for industrial and large, um, uh, large school and, uh, and, um, and hospital and, and that kind of, uh, that kind of commercial electrical work and, and became a, a journeyman and then master electricians, like master electrician through that process. Uh, and, uh, and I knew that, uh, that eventually I was going to become, uh, a, a business owner, a, a electrical contracting company. Um, but I, th- I think luckily enough, I, I didn't, I didn't do that. Uh, I, Ashley and I bought our first house in 2007. Uh, and, um, and we, uh, and we actually started a, a rental business from the home right across the street from us. Uh, and that, that continued, uh, uh, through, you know, from 2007 through about 2018, we were acquiring more properties, uh, around the hospitals and we were, and we were renting them all out to, to nurses, uh, and medical professionals there. And, and so David had, uh, had some friends that were interested in one of my rentals and, and, um, and man, we, we met and we hit it off and I actually just kind of, you know, after that, I, I saw David again, probably maybe David, maybe a month or two after that. Uh, oh, wow. and, um, and, you know, I was still thinking I'm going to, I'm going to continue to do, do rentals. Um, but I kind of just started following David around. <laughs> and, you recognize uh, greatness. And, and, you know, you're like yeah, this guy. And, and so he's going to lead me to success. I had the commercial experience, but didn't understand really the residential experience except for the rentals and the rehabs. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, started watching him and, uh, build homes in 2012. Uh, and then, uh, and then Ashley and I started, started our first uh, spec house as well, uh, around 2013. Uh, and, um, and so I'm, I am married as well. Uh, I've been married for 16 years and, and got two kiddos that are six and seven and we're in the throes of soccer and t-ball and, and all the kind of stuff, uh, going, going on. So yeah, that's, that's me. Love it. Well, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about your company? Kind of yeah. you know, what you do today. Yeah. So yeah. So again, we, we started in 2012. So we're, we're like, we're around year 11. Um, and, uh, and you, you might notice the, so the name yeah. cider builders is, is not your typical, not your typical name. It's actually an acronym. And, uh, and so we never wanted to really lose focus of where we started. So it's an acronym of, uh, of, of our name. So S is Socha. I is Idell. Idell is a street where David and I met. Uh, Dawson, uh, is another street. That's the D insider. Um, and that's where David got his start. Airline is where I got my start. And then R is Reed. Uh, so we put a lot of thought in, into the name. Sometimes it's a little hard to spell or a little hard to understand, but we embrace, we embrace those things. And, and we're, we are cider builders. And, uh, and man, we, like David said, we do, um, we primarily have done infill development projects. Uh, and so if anybody doesn't know what that is, it's, 
it's there's there's a piece of land that has been overlooked in a community for a period of time. So a developer would come in, develop 70 percent, and then for whatever reason, the remaining 30 percent, they they wouldn't develop or or whatever would happen. And then 50 years would go by and then somebody would say, I'm going to do something with this property and it's developed all around it. And so we started that process, that niche process with just buying single lots and either building a house on it or building a, a duplex or a multifamily project. And then now, uh, now we do, uh, new, do full scale developments with, with, uh, with civil work, uh, you know, building, building the, uh, the roads and the water and the sewer and the storm. And, and then we, uh, and then we do production homes or build communities, what we say. Um, and, uh, and then we sell the, the home or the product, uh, afterwards. And so we're right now we, we build depending on, you know, kind of the scale of the project, uh, between, you know, 40, 40 to 50 houses a year or so. So, yep. David, did I miss anything in there? No, man, that, that catches us up. Yeah. We, um, yeah, I think you hit it. So one of the things that I'm super curious to dive into, and I, I, I think this is going to be like the title of the episode, is is company culture. Um, mm-hmm. Hearing you guys talk about how you met each other and, and, and the name and, and your values, I can already tell you hold really, really close uh, to the heart and remembering all that. So that's something I think is often overlooked in, in many industries, um, but maybe especially construction and, and something that I've heard from Zach, just like who's been talking to you a lot, something that you guys really, really emphasize. So... Could you maybe give me a quick overview of just like the the culture at Cider Homes and and some of the things that you guys really emphasize to build that kind of close close knit team and community? Yeah, yeah, man. Well, you know, you, the, probably one of the biggest things is is you got to know you got to know what you do and what you don't do, um, and and then and then within that you have to have core values, uh, and so core values would be you know kind of a testing question about whether you're going to seek an opportunity or whether you're not going to seek an opportunity. And so, you know, our, our core values that we really test uh, really every decision that we make against, and then it also becomes part of our normal vernacular. So it's part of what we say every day is we serve first. Um, that is, that's really our, that's really the what it's what we do. It's, it's our mission. Um, and then we build intentionally. Um, that's the how that's really how our processes come together. Um, and that's really where, where the intentionality of builder trend has, uh, has propelled our business beyond what we could even think that, you know, that it could do. And then we impact community because we know, and that's the why, um, because we, we, we love our people. We love the people that work for us and around us. We also love our, our buyers. And, and, um, and so that, that becomes the impacting of community kind of becomes the culture. So we serve first, build intentionally and, and impact and impact community. And, and, uh, and it becomes, it just becomes the same, you know, that's, that, that serves first. Um, that's why we're doing X, Y, and Z. Yeah, man. And I, just to add to that, man, I think, um, when we, when you don't have core values, Mm. um, then people come up with values of their own. And mm-hmm. what we want to do is we want to be unified in in our business, whether that's our uh, our our partnership, Jimmy and I, uh, our employees, or even our trade partners. We want to be uh, unified, and and the only way that we're going to be unified is if we tell everybody, "Here are the core values. Do you agree or do you not?" Because what winds up happening is people will come up with their own values, and they will 
before you know it, you're spider webbing out and you're going a million different directions and you're not really getting anything accomplished as a team. Everybody's searching and seeking out their own values. And so mm-hmm. we, we want to drive those core values deep within our culture. And we do that not only by saying those things, because they are a saying and they are cliche at times, but man, mm-hmm. looking for very specific and intentional ways to live those out. Again, not just Jimmy and I living them out, but our employees and then also our trade partners. Yeah. Yeah. And man, it's it spills into it spills into our families and mm-hmm. it spills into the remainder of our community as well. And and the things that we're saying and the things that we're doing, you know, they're they're really not even they're really not even ours. I mean, it's it is the what have become our core values and then what, you know, some of the other things that we're gonna talk about today as well. I mean, it come, it's a it's a reflection of our raising. Uh, it's an influence uh, from from mentors that David and I have had. Like there's a um, there, there's a group called Beaten Bow Homes uh, or Beaten Bow Companies out in West Texas. And and they've been extremely influential uh, in uh, in our business. Uh, and then and then books that we've read, like the E-Myth, uh, people, influential leaders in our uh, in our sphere of influence. Um, and then our studies of people like Craig Rochelle and Patrick Lynchoni and, and, and all of those other, all those other leadership, uh, gurus and, and guides, um, that we have, uh, that we've really taken to heart. It's not just something that, again, like what David's saying, it's not, it's not cliche. It is, uh, it's not a buzzword. It's not, it, it becomes in, in, entrenched in just about everything that we do. And then we just continue to build on that more and more and more. And then as we do it, we're seeing the reciprocity of that from our from our trade partners uh, and and our and our employees as as well. So the culture almost becomes tribal, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it, there's really no other good description of it other than other than when you you know it when you see it um, and when you experience it. Man, it's 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 really really good. But it takes a lot of hard work. Um, takes a lot of hard work to, to build a good culture, um, with, uh, within, uh, within an organization. Um, and it is a daily, uh, it's a daily, uh, uh, grind. Uh, but man, it's hard work, but it's worth it. That's interesting. Like we've talked about this quite a bit in our conversations. It's amazing what really good culture can do to overcome a lot of the other problems that a business can face. Uh, I had a teacher once tell me like, you ever notice when you go to a stadium, you have this diversity of thousands of people, but they're all wearing the same color and they're all cheering Mm -hmm. for the same team. And it creates this unity and this excitement and this kind of force of, you know, we'll put our differences aside because we all believe in the mission. In this case, like your team Mm -hmm. winning, it's kind of a cheesy, acronym or analogy, I should say for that. But that's what I think of like with great culture, great teams, it it smooths over so many of the differences and actually finds commonality that lets you work towards a greater purpose than just yourself. Right. So it's, I love hearing you guys talk about it because I can feel it. Like I just remember the first Mm -hmm. time we met and I was just like, man, these guys, they really believe in their culture. And I just, I want to come work for you guys. You know, it's like, (laughs) I just want to be a part of the team because I can just feel it whenever I talk to you. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had a Sunday school teacher that, uh, that, that said that it's unit cohesion, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it, it, it's not, it's not like, it's not like military go and do what, what, what I, what I say, um, and stay alive. It is, it is actually everyone sticking together. And it's just like, you're talking about Zach, it's everyone's wearing the same color, you know, um, you know, David and I had, had thought and, and almost, 
um, almost rejected, you know, branding uh, for a period of time early in our career. Uh, and we're like, man, we don't we don't need to do anything like that, you know, or or uniforms. You know, we don't need to do anything about uniforms or or anything, or at least I know that I did. Um, David's more of the visionary uh, in in our in our organization. Um, but but now, um, man, that is a sense of pride. Like it is right here and it's on and it's on our hats. And and um, and that 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 propels unit cohesion, just like you were talking about, Zach. It, you know, you see a sea of red or blue or whatever, uh, whatever that's out there in the stadium. And and you can put aside anything and everything else because those folks are wearing your same your same colors, you know. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, hearing Zach talk about uh, being able to overcome adversity and come over overcome problems because of that culture actually segues really, really nicely into another thing that I want to talk to you guys about uh, mm-hmm. that we've had a few guests on to talk about because it is such a large issue in the construction industry. And that's just burnout. Uh, mm-hmm. Top talent is really, really hard to find. And, and once you find it, it's really, really important to keep. Um, so I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on just what are the, some things that can be done to personally uh, avoid burnout, but then also help your team and and the people that you work with um, avoid that burnout risk as well. Yeah, David, why don't you why don't you take that one, man? Yeah, sure. So um, Jimmy and I actually were just talking about this before we came on, and you know when you when you know your purpose when and you and you're genuinely living that out, then burnout is not very common. Uh, and if it is, it's a very momentary thing. Um, and so I'm not saying that everything is peachy over here and that there aren't momentary laps of going, gosh, I'm just over it. But at the same time, I, because we do genuinely believe that we are doing what we've been called to do, um, it, it burnout really isn't a thing. Um, and so I, you know, for those people listening, man, if you're getting burnt out, you, you may or may not be doing the, the right thing. Um, mm. but, but either way, um, knowing and understanding that core value, if you don't have a core value, if you don't really believe in what you're doing, um, then I can see how you could get burnout real quick. And so, you know, I might, I might suggest first and foremost, you know, create some core values, you know, what, what's important mm. to you? What do you genuinely believe in? Not not from your head, but from your heart. What do you genuinely believe in? Because, you know, you'll follow that to the grave and, and you never get tired of 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 searching, of searching out or seeking out things that are that you genuinely believe in if you really believe in them. And so that burnout really doesn't happen. But, um, you know, we do one of the things that we do on a regular basis for our culture. So we, Jimmy and I have employees, um, that we oversee direct reports, we would call them. Um, but, uh, but members of the team and we have one-on-one weekly one-on-ones mm-hmm. and it's an, and it's their meeting and it's an opportunity that we sit down for an hour, sometimes more. And, and we're just checking in and we let them set the agenda and they're there. We talk about work a little bit. We talk about personal, a little bit um and it and it achieves a lot of things number one you know for the guys in the field i take them out of the field we go to a coffee shop we'll go and we really i let i let them decide where do you want to go today they'll say oh man i want to go to corner baker or whatever it is and and all of a sudden their head kind of clears up a little bit because they're getting out of the field they're not they're not bombarded with the day in and day out uh, monotony of what's going on and then they have their leader, you know, intentionally investing and pouring into them going, tell me what's going on. 
Well, it does a couple of things. Number one, now I know what's going on with them, not just in work, but also in their personal life. And, and, and then, and for them, it, it shows them that I care and, and that they can take a little bit of a break without having to feel like I've got my thumb on them and things like that. But, um, but I had a guy not too long ago that we were sitting down and he was going, man, I'm just, just not content. And, and I'm going, you know what, man, I, that is okay. Um, for a season, you know, to not be content, but let's get down to the root issue, you know, what's going on. And, and so we discussed all that, but the reality is, is had I not had that one-on-one with that guy, you know, we, he may have gone and searched out other opportunities to go do other things because the job market is hot. We understand and know that, man, people will chase a dollar and they'll run away and they'll go do different things because they're just over it. Um, but because we do those weekly one-on-ones, because we're checking in going, Hey, what's going on? Tell me what's going on with you. And we are encouraging and reminding them of their core values and, and taking on some of the things that may be a burden to them would be really good. And so I think that helps with burnout. Um, and, and as far as the field goes, um, especially with our employees now, you know, with our trade partners, we, we see them probably getting burnout too. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and a lot of times it's, it's behavioral. You can usually pick up on it ahead of time. Behavior yeah. will usually proceed, um, you know, uh, being productive yeah. or, or performing, yeah. you know, if someone's performing bad, there is usually a behavior indicator previously. And so mm-hmm. I walk every job of every house every day, not because I have to, because we've got two guys in the field that are doing that on the reg. But because I want to, number one, it gives me an opportunity to put my eyes on what we're actually building. But number two, it gives me an opportunity to talk to those those trade partners of ours who maybe maybe they've got bad attitudes. I'm going, hey, you know, what's going on, man? Talk talk to me. What's 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 the deal? Oh, man. You know, he just rescheduled me for the third time. And I'm going, oh, man, like, tell me more about that. And so being intentional with those guys lets them know that I care enough for them to want to stay around a little bit longer. Jimmy and I say, you know, like love is something that you is freely given but i mean you know i have to earn your trust and the only Mm -hmm. way to really earn your trust is to spend time with guys like that and so i've got to to know where they are and understand what they're going through i've got to spend some time with them and i've got to ask some questions and a lot of times you know it's they're not really mad at me they're mad at the situation and so i have to spend time going talk to me a little bit about that and then burnout usually kind of you know works its way out of there so Mm -hmm. give me yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think that there are, so, you know, David's really talking about holistically, you know, how do we, how do we get, uh, how do we get, how do we create this unit cohesion, you know, and, and it's, uh, and it's to, it's to know and understand what each individual has been made and created for and, and to do, and then be, and then say, I see you, uh, mm-hmm. not, not just as, your job that you perform every single day, but as a person, and I want to get to know you, um, you know, if, if, man, if we had any suggestions for anybody that, that was out there that was thinking about doing that, that kind of thing, um, man, don't try to be everything to everybody. Um, man, it, it do have maybe a maximum of three or four people, um, that would be your direct reports, uh, that you would do those kind of one-on-ones, uh, on and, and with, and, and walk with, walk through life with, you know, um, so we didn't really talk about our employees. Um, but, but I, I do want to say like we have, uh, David and my David and me. So David really oversees, 
really all of our external operations. Um, and then, and then I really oversee kind of our internal operations. And so that would be, uh, I would do administrative stuff and David would do kind of directional, directional leadership, that kind of thing. So David has, uh, two builders, um, that, and we, we call them builders. The typical term might be, you know, like a superintendent, but, but really they, they are, they are the builders. Uh, and then, and then I oversee a systems controller, which, she is the one that actually interacts probably in, as far as field, as far as office operations with builder trend the most. Uh, and then, and then we have our, our, our sales professional as well, who, who sits uh, in the model home and, and builds relationships with, with buyers, uh, as, as well and, and gets them to where they are kind of overcoming whatever hurdle it is in their home buying and their home buying process. And so, David's got two that he does one-on-ones with. And then, and then also I have, I have the other two. Uh, and, and we do, we do similar things. Uh, I, I, I typically go to them, um, because, um, because they're, they're a little, the, the, the field guys are constantly inundated with someone saying, Hey, I, I, I have an issue. I need something, uh, from, uh, from you. And so getting them out of the element really helps. Uh, for me, I can, uh, with, with utilization of, of computers and technology, really, we can kind of just go to another room or I can come to them and, and we kind of do our one-on-ones. Um, so yeah. And, and, you know, kind of circle back to, um, that being, you know, how we can, how we can really identify what's going on with our people. That's huge. Um, now within, within David and I, in our, in our, in our conversations, we, we really strive to dig deeper into, you know, what, what does it look like for us? So, you know, to, to do what we've been created to do. Uh, and so there's a couple sayings that, that we have in all, and I'll kind of go through them. One is we know what we do and we know what we don't do. And that, and that's big. And so keeping, uh, keeping steadily on message, on purpose, um, in that, you know, building intentionally, we know what we do, we know what we don't do. And then also like from the e-myth, we, uh, we talk about eliminating, automating and delegating. And so we used to, before builder trend, we had these things called blue folders. And so a blue folder was really, I mean, it was the Bible for the job. And so you could open it and you could see anything and everything in there. So it was the plans and specifications. It was the budget. Um, it was all the invoices. It was the permit. It was, it was everything. But the minute that you printed it, the minute that you gave it to the builder, it was obsolete. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we needed, and, and then you gave that out, but what did you need to do for the guy that was in the office? That's, that's how it becomes obsolete. So we got to the point where we, we were almost doing things in triplicate. Um, and so we needed to eliminate the paper aspect of, uh, of our business. We needed to automate it. And that's where builder trend really came in. So builder trends above anything and everything else is our communication hub. It, it is how we communicate with anybody and everybody from, uh, from prospective buyers to, to current buyers and homeowners to our, our internal communication, um, all of our file storage, uh, and then, uh, and then also with our trade partners. Um, and so it is, it is the communication hub and we, we use it, we use it exclusively. We couldn't, we probably couldn't move, move on with, you know, without it. You, you, Zach and Charlie, y'all are stuck with, with David and I, uh, <laughs> for the long haul for, for sure. 
Um, and so that was automate and then, and then we delegate. And so what delegating does is it affords us time to where we can do our one-on-ones, you know? Um, and, and, uh, and so when you're, when you're kind of doing all of those things together, you end up finding this margin. So what do you do with your margin? You do annual meetings someplace nice. Mm-hmm. You go, yeah. you go somewhere. And, and, uh, so David and I are talking about our annual meeting this year and it is not going to be in the office. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be, going to be somewhere nice. I'm waiting for Charlie um, to try and s- sneak an invite. <laughs> he kind of has a hobby of trying to get invited places so well it would be cool we could do a live episode in person <laughs> come on um, yeah absolutely business uh, expense right. uh, uh, yeah they probably do give co- charlie a company card not me though but yeah they probably yeah. do i do charlie, you're holding out on, on us man <laughs> see you guys you've talked to zach before and i don't know what sort of lies he's put in your mind but zach basically <laughs> runs the company here and i'm just like i said the guy in the closet that looks at data all day mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. but on the on the uh, gosh, I'm just Mr. Segway this episode. <laughs> you mentioned yeah. sometimes the, you're the wingman, you know, you know, that's how it goes. Yeah. The, the Robin <laughs> to your Batman. Now that you've nicely interrupted my segue, I'll get back to the, the town hall they've and been, annual conference. Too good too lately. You know, <laughs> I've, I've looking at some of the notes that you guys have here, uh, you know, that we were working on before and the, you have a few different, really, really cool things. Uh, I, I'm looking at here. You have family outings, uh, the quarterly town halls, the you know grading system and, and holiday and time off and things like that. Some really, really cool things that, I mean, Bildertrend <laughs> should do. Uh, so I'd love to hear uh, maybe a little bit more about how you show appreciation for your employees and, and that team building and all the different events that Zach and I can try to come out to. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, all, you know, all companies have a benefits package, right? And, uh, and that, that's what, that's what we would put some of those things, you know, they come from our employee packet, you know, and, and they say, this is, this is what we're, this is what we're providing. But, uh, but man, it's, it's just like the one-on-ones knowing and understanding your people's individual needs, um, shows the highest level of appreciation. Um, however, man, when, when you meet, when you meet someone exactly where they're at, um, man, it just takes time. Uh, it just takes time to, to really meet, uh, really, really meet folks exactly where they're at and, and, uh, and, and love and care for them. Uh, David and I talk about, we have, uh, we, we, our hearts break, uh, for, for our people. Um, and, and, uh, and that, that, um, that, that is so, that is so that we continue to feel, uh, humble, uh, about, uh, about our position here that, that we're, that really, that really we're here to, to serve our builders. We're really here to, serve our systems controller and, and serve our, serve our buyers. Serve first, you know, it's first part of our, of our core values. So. Yeah. And I, and I'll just to add to that, man, like truly understanding and meeting people where they are. So that's another thing that we do. We, we want to meet people where they are. Hmm. If we come up with a standard set of um, benefits, you know, that may apply to the masses, but man, the reality is, is we're all individuals and we all have very specific wants needs and desires and whatever i do for charlie you know zach may find worthless and so why would i give that to him we we wouldn't right and so but the only way i know for sure what zach needs is to spend some time with him and go oh okay you you need some modified work hours let me see if we can work that out to where it's a win-win for everybody man that that sounds like that is a way to avoid burnout to me you know and so 
or, or maybe someone needs something else. Maybe someone's struggling and, and they just need a new tool. They're going, man, I, no matter how hard I'm working, I'm, I'm feeling like I just can't get this done. I'm going, oh, man, we have a tool for that. I, I didn't tell you about that. Let me let me give you this tool. And so it's important for us to meet people where they are. And then and then the other stuff is just icing on the cake. Hey, yeah. we know and understand that you have a life outside of Cider Builders uh, that includes family man, we, we want to know them too. So we're not saying, Hey, come to Cider Builders and check your stuff in at the door. Cause we don't want to know about that. We're saying, no, 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 bring it all in. Cause, because we know and understand what you do in your, in your private life ultimately affects your business life. Mm-hmm. And so we get a chance to meet people's kids and we get a chance to do these corporate outings. We get a chance to we intentionally take time to do uh, town hall meetings where we're going, hey, this is where we're at and where we're going from a leadership perspective. Like, what are you guys thinking as a family? Like, let's bring the Sider family in together and go, let's let's be open and candid about it. And and uh, and it's an opportunity. And in the first couple of time minutes, maybe that you're there and like nobody wants to speak up, but then then they do. And then your you know communication is the key to all relationships. And mm-hmm. when we're talking. Man, it's beautiful. We say anything that's mentionable is manageable. You know, like, man, we, you, if you see it, say it. Don't wait. Like, let's talk about it because when we talk about it, now we can manage what somebody needs and wants and desires. So that's right. Yeah. And, and, and to add to that, you know, when we're, when we're showing appreciation on an individual level, we can also offer constant, uh, constant coaching culture on an individual level too. So it, it, um, when, when it's that intimate, um, we, we talk about, uh, Dave and I, what we call, uh, one degree corrections. And so mm. if two people are going down the road and, and they, and you go and you're one degree off. Well, the reality is if you keep going one degree, eventually they are, they're way over here and they didn't even know they got over there, you know? Um, and so, and so we, we are constantly doing, uh, we have a constant coaching culture, so we don't do like yearly performance reviews. Um, but, but we have, we, we're con- Dave and I are constantly talking, um, about our people's growth and, and then, and then their compensation is based upon achievable goals and, and benchmarks of those particular things. And so, you know, that, that's something else when, when you're showing appreciation, um, it's not that you're waiting for your yearly performance review. Um, it's that you have that, that we see we see how much you've grown over the last six months or over the last year, over the last year and a half. And and because because you have taken correction and because we have these achievable goals and these and these benchmarks and standards that you've achieved, it's it's time. It's time to increase your compensation. Something else that David, David and I also say is that is that money is a temporary motivator. Um, and, and so, you know, people, people will work for a what, but they will give their life for a why. And so we want to understand the why behind, behind the what and understand that compensation, while that's how people feed their families, man, we, we want them to love their job and be receptive of coaching and know and understand they're being taken care of and seen, uh, by us and, and creating value. Uh, great value here. And, and so, man, but it takes time. Mm-hmm. It, take, it takes a, it takes a lot of time. Um, but luckily, um, David and I have been forwarded a, a little bit, a little bit more time. Sometimes it doesn't feel like enough. Sometimes it feels like Dave and I were talking this week, like you, 
like you just barely show up on time for the meeting and you've been doing that all week, striving just as hard as you can. Um, but man, when you're able to go into a one-on-one and be intentional and feel like that you're making a difference and, and you're seeing the person and you're, and you're, and you're loving them right where they are, man, that, that's where if we never built another, David said today, if we never built another house, man, Mm -hmm. that's good enough. Yeah. There are no shortcuts. I think that's the big deal, man. Like if you're looking for a, for a a magic key or something like, man, there's just no shortcuts, man. If you love is spelled T I M E and Mm. we, we love our people, but it just takes time and, and intentionality. And if you're not interested in that, then probably it's not going to last very long. So, yeah. Well, guys, I have to say, I can always judge how good a, an interview is by how many notes I take. Um, and I he was scribbling this whole time. Seven lines. How uh, many t-shirt ideas? So that was where I was going to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm noticing David's hat he's wearing is is one of the coolest hats uh, I've ever seen. So if you guys are in the merch game, dude, that's legit. I have a whole list of quotes I would love to toss on t-shirts, and I think anything mentionable is manageable might be uh, number one up there. But <laughs> this is uh, I, I'm learning a ton, and I'm I'm really really thankful that you guys were able to make the time to come on here. We we are running out of time, uh, so we're going to have to wrap it up here. But, I mean, we could talk to you guys for maybe not even hours, but days. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I get why Zach Part two. Let's do it, man. Hey. Come on. I think that's. I think we can make that happen. You have the poll? <laughs> See, he no. does have the company credit card. He said he knows a guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like I he knows a guy. guy. Yeah. And he's sitting, you know, like right here beside <laughs> me. But. <laughs> But no, thank you guys so much. Uh, I, I get why Zach talks about you guys. It's, it's, it's an honor to meet you, and, and I love what you guys are doing. Yeah, all thanks. Well, yeah, man, it's, it's been a, well. it's been a real pleasure to to meet you guys and uh, and been been fans of the of the Building Code podcast for a while now, and uh, and it's been an absolute pleasure um, for uh, from from us. And and man, we we just love we love sharing our story. Uh, mm-hmm. So any opportunity that we have to to share our story um, or talk about where we've been. Uh, and and where we're going, we're we're more than willing um, to do that. Thanks, guys. Well, Charlie, what'd you think? No, that was yeah, that was a great episode. I can, if you need proof, you can look at my notes here. Um, Put it on the camera if you're listening. <laughs> but the uh, no, a lot of t-shirt were, ideas. A lot of t-shirt idea. Yeah, I, anything mentionable is manageable. One percent corrections. Work for a what, but give your life for a I, why. I knew immediately. I was like, that one, he's writing that one down. Yeah, that one was really good. But no, the it's it's funny the more and more of these that we do, I feel like it's not really that much about construction. Like we're a construction company, a construction tech company, we have construction builders on the podcast, but it's not like we talk about, you know, how to hang a two by two by four. What's the best or, way uh, to swing a hammer? Right. But so everyone that we have on here is just so passionate about their careers and their company and their employees and their customers and everything they say just re- like resonates with me mm-hmm. about what we're trying to do here. So it's, it's, it's a very fulfilling part of my job. Um, and people like Jimmy and, and David are very, very, uh, fantastic people to listen to. So yes, they lived up to the hype and I think they, uh, they got to be on the short list for the second the the two episode club which is elite is, yeah elite it's it's big time yeah I, I totally agree i tell people outside builder trend if you know my story i didn't come to tech i wasn't really looking i was really kind of in transition of what to do with my life and that always resonates in construction a lot of people right. end up in construction the same way but like i came for the opportunity but i stay for our our customers i really do yeah. i love them they're just 
special. They're great people. I'm always like so honored to get to talk to such amazing folks that do amazing things and put houses over people, you know, or build houses for people. It's, It's pretty special. So thank you guys for coming on really it means a lot and i'll see you at our next meeting it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about how it went and charlie anything else for the people out there no other than uh i hope they send me one of those cider hats because that was the coolest thing i've ever seen i'll try and do what i can (laughs) they're coming out to btu nice in in august so wow so if you guys haven't signed up for btu are there still tickets available uh i believe so yeah okay go out to buildertrain.com uh events Buildertrend.com. Yeah. But well, they could probably we'll get put it, it in the from. <laughs> okay, we got to wrap this one up. As always, I'm Charlie Bertwistle. I'm Zach Matovich. And we'll see you next time.